Hey, good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you to Crossroads. Uh, if you're in the building, if you're tuning in online, my name is Ryan, and I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, it's great to be with you on video today. Circumstances as they are, um, we are sad that John Smith couldn't be with us this morning, but we're, we're going to get him here uh, soon enough. But please keep their family in your prayers, uh, especially those of you that know uh, Pastor John Smith, our founding pastor, and Phyllis and their families, uh, and the families attached to them. So be praying for them. But uh, today we're in our series. Uh, we're actually in like, I think it's our seventh week uh, or sixth week, yeah, seventh week of our series, uh, this way of peace where we're talking about a peacemaking rule of life. Now let me give you a, a real quick review as we get started. Rule number one, right? These are guardrails for our lives. If we're going to be people of peace, rule number one is choose love, forgiveness, and inclusion every day. And we say that's what it means to choose Jesus. And we choose to follow Jesus, right? We're choosing this narrow path that Jesus offers, right? And this narrow path is loving mercy, doing justice, living sacrificially, right? Rule number two is to daily listen to wisdom, right? We listen to wisdom from Scripture and other sacred writings and places that help us understand where peace is flourishing in our individual lives and in the lives of others, and to also understand where peace is not flourishing and how we can participate in rewriting the five unacceptable truths. So rule number two, daily listen to wisdom. And rule number three was practice mindfulness. Practice mindfulness. And this is the idea of learning to be mindful of the moment, to walk through life with the divine presence, right? And that's kind of this prayer that doesn't end, that we're constantly tuning our hearts into the moment where we are, seeking God and being a part of that actual moment. And then uh, week four, or at, which was week five, is rule number four, which is gather together, that we're weekly going to gather with peacemakers in some way, right, to learn and to celebrate and to experience divine love together. That's the hope, that we would gather together. And for many of us, this is our weekly gathering, but for many, it's not. For many, it's a small group. For many, it's, it might be a digital gathering, whatever it might be, but it's important that we don't try to be peacemakers alone important that we don't walk through life, a life of faith alone, that we are uh, connected with other people who are like-minded, right? And then last week, uh, we talked about hope, which leads us to rule number five. Our guest speaker, Ricky Bolden, was here talking about being people of hope. And rule number five is to create hope, that word create, to be creative, to create hope hope. And what that means is that we are looking for opportunities. We're open up to share faith, the power of faith. And also while we do that, we're serving and we're loving in a very sacrificial way, in a very unselfish way in our world. And that creates hope, which brings us to this week. So now before we do that, uh, the other week, uh, about, a, about a week and a half ago, Wendy and I traveled back to Indiana to her hometown uh, to just kind of say goodbye to her kind of childhood home. Uh, it's being sold, and, and it was, you had to get a few things. And we were sitting at the airport on our way back. So we're there in the Indianapolis airport, and I don't know, I was probably like rubbing my face, rubbing my eyes, doing something, you know, rubbing all the hair off my head. I don't know what I was doing. But Wendy looked at me, and she said, are you tired? And my response, I said to her, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, the truth is, in that moment, I felt tired, but I had slept. I had got eight hours of sleep. And I just kind of knew that tired was part of it, but it was something else. There was something more. I wasn't, I wasn't just tired, like if I took a nap, I'd be fine. And as I kind of processed through and thought about it, I was just in this space in that moment where I was, the best word I could come up with, was I was just weary. I was just weary. And I was just thinking about that in that space. And I said to her, I said, you know, I'm partly tired, but I'm just weary. 
I'm weary. There's a wornness to me in this moment with all the things that we were juggling or are juggling. And, and it's interesting. I thought about that moment as I was studying for today, as I was getting ready for today and thinking about our concept of rest. That's what we're talking about today. And being kind of tired. Um, and, and as I was doing research, I came across uh, this wonderful TEDx talk that really spoke to this idea of weariness that says weariness at the end of the day is like complex exhaustion, right? That there's multiple areas of our lives that weigh in on us, that create tiredness. And when you have two or three of these spaces stack up on each other, where you have two or three spaces where your energy is depleted, Right? It's not that we're just exhausted physically, like I just need a nap, but we're exhausted in our emotions, let's say. We're exhausted you know, physically. We're exhausted mentally. And that's weariness, right? So Sandra Dalton-Smith, a doctor who also wrote a book called Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity, all beautiful things. She gave a TED Talk, and she talked about in this TED Talk, why are we so exhausted and what can we do about it? That was the title of it. I'd encourage everybody to watch it. It's about 10 minutes long. And she basically says we have these different types of energy in our lives, and we have these different ways of being exhausted. And she said this. She said, we go through life thinking we've rested because we've gotten enough sleep. But in reality, we're missing out on the other types of rest that we desperately need. She says, the result then is this culture of high achieving, high producing, chronically tired, and chronically burned out individuals. Does that resonate with anyone, right? And ultimately, what she's driving home is that we think that sleep is rest, but the issue is sleep and rest are not the same thing. Rest is a much bigger reality. Rest is something that is, is complex because it meets the complex needs of exhaustion. And it's such an important topic because we've talked about this in our series uh, where we were talking about the greatest con on earth and margin, that at the end of the day, when we're tired, and we're experiencing burnout, and it seems like we, can, we, we, we can't get enough sleep. We're just wore out, right? We get to this space where we're not actually rejuvenating ourselves, and what suffers? Our relationships. Why? Because when we're tired, when we're wore out, we don't exhibit what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering. All these things lack when we're tired, right? Basically, we get in a bad mood, right? And, and, and when we're chronically tired, chronically exhausted, we get burned out. And burnout, at the end of the day, burns up our relationship. It burns up our relationship with ourselves. We see ourselves in poor light. We are self-critical. And it burns up our relationship with others, right? We lose our patience not only with ourselves, but with other people. We become very critical. Now, Jesus offers us a great picture and some real wisdom when it comes to this idea of rest and burnout. In fact, one of the most famous passages, one of the most famous statements that Jesus ever said about who he was and his kind of teaching and what he believed about God is found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, we see that Jesus understood that life can be exhausting. Anybody want to say amen to that? I know it's video, but say amen when you, if you know that life can be exhausting. Married life, dating life, single life, it can all be exhausting, right? Parenting life, non-parenting life, grandparenting life, it can be exhausting. Work life, vacation can even be exhausting at times, right? And we see this because this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. And some of you might know this, right? You're going to whisper it along because it's so good. He says, come to me, 
all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, the yoke of a rabbi was their way of seeing the world. It was their set of teachings. He says, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. Right? See, Jesus knew his audience. He knew that the people were exhausted. They weren't just tired, but they were experiencing complex weariness. They were exhausted spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Spiritually, they were exhausted by the weight of the religious politics of holiness, right? The system that had been put in place that said you have to be holy and you have to do all these things the right way. And when you live a certain way, then God will bless you. And Jesus fought against that. In fact, we're going to we're doing a series in a couple of weeks uh, called Explaining Jesus, Experiencing Christ. And we're going to spend a week kind of talking about Jesus offered a different politic than this politic of holiness, which basically said, hey, when, you're, when good things are happening in your life, that means you're living a holy, perfect life. And boy, that produced so much weight and it exhausted people spiritually who couldn't fit up or who were facing disease and poverty. And they were wondering, why does God not like me? Why don't I fit in? Jesus' audience was emotionally tired. Poverty and sickness, because it was seen as a curse from God for not being pure, they were just never able to be honest with their feelings. They lived in a structure that they couldn't say, hey, wait a second, I'm not this evil person, right? And so they never could be open because they were always being oppressed by this, this idea, this theology about God and as punitive. And, and if you don't ever have the space to be open and honest about what you're feeling, right? You're going to emotionally get burned out. You're going to emotionally be tired because you're always holding it in and you're just carrying that weight. Jesus knew that his, his audience was mentally tired, right? Think about the, the problems that they were always trying to solve. Where's my next meal coming from? When are the Romans going to come and kill my family? When are the Romans going to come and take my land? The, the, the mental weight and the problem solving of religion, how can I connect with my God when I'm not allowed into this space or when I'm seen as less than? So they're always solving problems, which produces a space of mental fatigue. And Jesus knew all this was in play. And so he said, hey, come to me because I'm going to reveal a way of life, a way of peace, a pattern, a way of seeing and understanding God that can produce rest in your life. Another thing we see in Jesus is found in Mark chapter 12, verse 30. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30, Jesus understood that we weren't one-dimensional beings. He understood that there wasn't just Ryan or Sam or Charlie or Samantha or Tim, right, or Sharon. Like, there's not just one part of me, but we are multiple, like, we have a multiple dimension to who we are. And in Mark chapter 12, he says this, he says, this is the greatest point. You love the Lord your God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Four areas of ways that you can expend energy to love. Your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Now, we're not here to talk about, well, what did Jesus think about these different nuances? What was the difference between heart and soul and mind and strength? I think that could be probably asking too much of the text, honestly. I think what we can learn from it is this big picture that there's a complexity to us, that we don't just experience and expel energy with our hearts, or with our minds, but there's all this space in us. There's, there's all these dimensions to who we are. And what Jesus is saying is, hey, bring everything you are into this space of the divine, right? Love with all your being, right? And, and there's a part of that that means there's gonna, we're going to face exhaustion in these different spaces as well, and these different spaces need rest. 
individually. One other thing that I think is super important that we see in the life of Jesus about this idea of rest is in Mark chapter 2, verse 23 and 28. Here we see that Jesus found beauty in the principle of Sabbath rest. Now, this is tricky. I don't think Jesus found beauty in the principle of Sabbath law or in the idea of Sabbath law, but I think he saw the beauty and the divine and the deepness, the truth of what we'll call Sabbath rest. This is what it says in Mark chapter 2. It says that he was passing through a field of grain on the Sabbath, right? And the Sabbath would have been Saturday. It was a holy day for all of Israel. You weren't allowed to work. They had all these rules to make sure that you kept the Sabbath holy, right? In an attempt to what? Be holy, an attempt to meet the standards to keep God happy. And it says that his disciples began to make a path while picking the heads of grain. Now, the religious leaders, they saw him do this. And the religious leaders, they were considering the implications for the community, right? If they believe deeply that if we break these laws, God will punish us, they're actually looking out for the people. And and the, the Pharisees, one of the religious leaders of the day, they said, look, why are they doing that? Why are they doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus says to them, hey, have you never read what David did when he was in need and he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of the offering that only the priest could lawfully eat and shared it with his companions. In other words, when, when David, the, the king that you think is the best king ever, he broke the law. He should have never touched that bread, should have never eaten it. Why? Because there was a need, because he was hungry. And, and then Jesus makes this statement. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This idea that, that the divine reality that God, Yahweh, as the Israelites understood God, had created this principle. Moses had given the law, and it was for the benefit of man, not the benefit of the divine. And so this principle of Sabbath rest, this rhythm of six days you work, one day you rest, like part of the the principle of Sabbath rest, it reminds us that we're not beasts of burden, that we're not just cogs in a wheel, that we're not just supposed to work and work and work and work and work. It also teaches us that the world will survive without us, (laughs) right? We think we're so important, but the, the reality is creation is established and is establishing. The world is established and is continuing to be established, and it will go on without us. Abraham Joshua Heschel wrote a fantastic book called The Sabbath that I try to revisit, you know, every year, every two years. And in it, he says this. He says, labor without dignity is the cause of misery. Rest without spirit, the source of depravity. Right? There's nothing wrong with labor, but the truth is, if we don't infuse it with dignity and say, we're not beasts of burden, right? Then all of a sudden we'll be miserable. And you can rest, but if you're not resting with this spirit or intent or understanding the divine, it's just a way in which we deprive ourselves, right? It's a way in which we live into pain and hurt and we just find ourselves lacking, right? So this brings us to the way of peace rule number six, right? These rules that we want to put into our life, these guardrails that help us walk this Jesus path is this, intentionally rest. Intentionally rest. And in doing so, we receive divine grace and restoration through self-care. That's what we're doing. So really, intentionally resting, the Sabbath principle, is about practicing self-care. How am I making sure that I am allowing a proper amount of space and time to restore myself, 
right? It's not just recharge my batteries to be able to make it another week. That's certainly a part of it, but it's more about how am I practicing self-care? How am I putting the, the principle of Sabbath rest into my life, even into every area, not just work, so that I might feel restored, so that I might feel whole, right? So that I can actually celebrate time and not feel like I'm always chasing it, like there's never enough. So how do we live this out in our everyday, normal, peacemaking life? Well, first of all, I want to encourage us as a community of faith who are committing to intentionally rest that we understand that this beautiful science that we can be rest-deprived in multiple areas and that we practice the seven types of rest. There's such beautiful work being done around this, right? So that we can be rest-deprived and practice the seven types of rest. We're not just rest-deprived when it comes to our physical world, but there's lots of different ways, right? And so uh, Dr. Dalton Smith, in her book, these, talks about these seven types of rest, and she talks about the seven types of fatigue that we experience. And basically, the point is, sleep and vacation aren't enough because they don't address every area of energy. If you've ever said to yourself, I just can't get enough sleep, it's because sleep is probably not what you need, right? That there are other things that are producing fatigue in your life, right? So we all know about physical fatigue, right? That's the first area, right? When our bodies are just tired, we aren't getting enough sleep. So physical rest is sleep, napping, doing things like you can do active physical rest where you stretch, right? Where you might get a massage, right? So we, we practice that. That's a type of intentional rest that we do, right? To, to rejuvenate our physical self. Now, there's mental fatigue. When our minds are tired from critical thinking, right? If you're in a job, a profession where you're constantly having to think critically about things, mental rest is about scheduling short breaks. Every few hours, give your mind a break, right? Maybe employ the principle of six and one. For every six 60 minutes, take 10 minutes, right? And just give your mind a break. For every six hours, make sure you have one hour of mental rest. If you're, in a, if you're mentally always having to do critical thinking. We have sensory fatigue, right? When our senses are tired from screens and sounds, right? It, we're in just like an overly, an, an environment that is overly filled with, uh, with things in our senses. So if you're always looking at a screen, right? The way you have sensory rest is close your eyes for a minute. So same type of thing. If you're looking at a screen for 60 minutes, take that principle, six and one. Take 10 minutes and just look away. Get your eyes off the screen. If you're in a very noisy environment and you have the ability to, you know, every 60 minutes, take a minute or take 10 minutes and try and get it quiet. Turn off the music. Try and get to a space where you're not being overloaded with our senses. A third area of energy that we expel that we produce and feel fatigue in and, de- and we feel deprived, energy deprived, is in our creative senses, in creativity. It's when our imaginations are tired from problem solving or brainstorming, right? If you're in a season of life or a, a job, let's say, that you're constantly having to be creative, you're brainstorming, you're solving problems creatively, you're, you're parenting children and you're an intense and you're caregiving, you're constantly solving problems, your creativity energy gets depleted and it can wear you out. So creative rest is interesting. Creative rest, she says, looks like surrounding yourself with images and places and things that you love or that speak to you or inspire you. So if you have the ability in your workspace to put up pictures of places you love to go, picture of people that inspire you, right? And take time to just allow that environment. She has this great statement where like nobody could have creative energy if you're just stuck in this space of just gray walls or a gray cubicle, right? 
but, but make the space your own, your home your own, wherever that might be that you need that creative energy. And then she talks about emotional fatigue, emotional tiredness, right? And this is when we're tired from helping or pleasing people, right? You have that person in your life, maybe you're that person that can always be counted on, right? There's a sense, there's a side of you that is a, a people pleaser. Well, you know what? We need emotional rest. We need to make space where we can honestly share how we're feeling, right? Because all of a sudden, if we get too fatigued, if we're, if we're that type of person who we're, we're always the one that's being counted on, right? You'll, you'll feel emotional fatigue and you'll start to get bitter. You'll start to feel taken advantage of, right? That's how you know you're starting to feel tired. Well, you got to rest. You got to make space to share how you're feeling. Got to give yourself a, a break from always being the one for everybody to count on. And then there's social weariness. There's social tiredness that we experience. This is when we're tired from spending time with people that drain us, right? There's, there's kind of three people in our lives. There's people that are neutral, right? We're around them. They don't energize us. They don't drain us. There's people in our lives that energize us. We walk away from that experience feeling filled up. Our energy levels are high. And then there's people we spend time with that drain us. Now, it doesn't mean we shouldn't spend time with them. It just means we need to recognize we need rest, right? We need rest. We need to make sure that we're spending time with people that energize us when we're starting to feel like we don't belong when we're starting to feel like we don't have uh, uh, any purpose, when we feel like we're not loved, right? That's when we have to make sure we're with those people that energize us, right? Spend those people. And, and, and this is related into our spiritual energy, right? We, we experience spiritual tiredness, especially when we don't feel like we belong, when we don't feel like we're loved, when we don't feel like we have a purpose. When those really set in, right? We, we are spiritually tired when there's a feeling like a lack of purpose in our lives right? We're just, there's a weariness that comes in. So it's important that we find rest spiritually. And that can mean engaging in something that's greater than ourselves, right? That can mean adding something like prayer or meditation into our daily routine. That's one of our rules of life, right? To be mindful on a regular basis. Sometimes volunteering can produce rest in us because it gives us this sense of purpose and meaning. So those are the different types of rest. And, and a beautiful way to do this, to like live into all seven of those, is really, I think, this wonderful divine wisdom of honor the Sabbath and keep it holy, right? That's one of the big 10, one of the 10 commandments that Moses gave to Israel. Those ones are hard to get around, right? Not that we're trying to get around anything, but they're timeless, right? Like honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. So how does that, I mean, that's as big of a deal to Moses as don't murder, don't steal, right? So there's this principle of the Sabbath, right? So what does it mean to keep it holy? Well, to recognize the Sabbath as separate, as different, as set apart from all other time, right? Abraham Heschel, when he talks about the Sabbath and he, he's writing about it, he talks about that the Sabbath for, the, for the, the Jew, the Sabbath within Judaism is this foreshadowing of eternity in their hearts. Like it's this idea that one day a week I get to live as if eternity were now, where I'm not striving, where I'm not the one who has to be in control. And he says that Judaism strives to foster the vision of life as pilgrimage to the seventh day. Every day we're moving towards that seventh day of rest. There's a longing for it. And so the longing for the Sabbath of all, all throughout the week, right, is this type of longing for eternal Sabbath, eternal rest from all the days of the, our lives that we're living. And so I want to encourage all of us to live out this rhythm of six and one. And I do think there's beauty to living out that we take one day each week 
and we live as if it were heaven on earth. That we only engage in activities that energize us. We only engage in the things that recreate joy in our lives as much as we possibly can. And at the end of the day, if we'll kind of understand these seven types of rest that we, we need and ways that we expend energy, we bring our whole selves to it, we live out the principle of Sabbath, we make a decision, I'm going to live this rule of life, I'm going to intentionally rest, and I'm going to think about rest holistically, then we'll find ourselves truly experiencing rest. And true rest leads to the restoration of our whole self, right? True rest does. And, and so from a spiritual standpoint, Jesus offers us rest for our weary souls, right? To understand that we have purpose, that we're loved, that we belong, right? And we can also learn about these different types of rest that we need, physical, emotional, and social, uh, creative rest, all these things. And when we're restored wholly, when we're feeling like, oh, we're full with our energy levels, the, the beauty is we're ready to go. Like we're ready to give, we're ready to receive love. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. We're going to talk about this final rule of life. When we're restored, we have the, the energy for peacemaking to go into and to intentionally live out this life. Intentional rest teaches us grace. It teaches us that we don't have to be all things to all people. It teaches us that we don't have to, to, to meet every demand, that we do have to take rest, that we are human, we're not superhuman, that it's okay to have limitations. And if we learn that for ourselves, we'll then be able to give it to others. So just a moment, we're going to finish up. It's a great song that they're going to do called Communion and Connectivity. And it talks about how there's this, this place of rest when we're in communion and in relationship with the divine. And as they're doing that, uh, as, as they're getting ready to, to, they're going to receive the offering and do all that stuff in a minute, just take a moment and breathe during this song. And, and think about what is it that God's inviting you into today? Well, I, I would hope that maybe God's inviting you to take 10 minutes and watch uh, Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith's TEDx talk, right? The real reason we're tired and what to do about it. If you check that box, we'll email you the link so you'll get it right away. I want to encourage you to take one day a week and honor the Sabbath principle. Don't live in a legalistic way, but honor it. Say, this is a day of rest and recreation, right? This is a day where I'm going to think about how I can can re-energize myself, right? So try that. Just say, I'm going to commit this for six weeks. For six weeks, I'm going to pick one day. And maybe you really want to dig into some theology around the Sabbath from a Jewish perspective and, and see it in a real beautiful way. Uh, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel's book, The Sabbath, is beautiful. Or maybe you want to read more about uh, these different types of rest. You could read the book Sacred Rest by Dr. Dalton Smith. And, and if you check that box and turn in your Connect card again, we'll send links out to you for that to help make it nice and easy. All right, so let's take a moment, take a breath, enjoy this song, examine your life in this moment, ask yourself, where am I feeling fatigued? Did one of those seven spaces, right, did one of those areas really kind of speak to me like, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I need to find rest in these areas and, and understand that it's okay to need rest. All right, so do that now. Enjoy this song, and then Aisha's going to be back out uh, to give us some closing announcements and a prayer of blessing to send us out into our everyday normal peacemaking.